It felt like my soul had been someplace else for a really, really long time. I entered into the eye of the storm of grief that I had been carrying. I, I began to cry. The littlest thing would just send me into an anxiety spiral that, like, it's just one little thing. Why is this little thing ruining my day? Elicinia is a unique psilocybin retreat based in Mexico with a focus on meditation, neuroscience, and brain health. I had zero doubt that this was something that I was going to go through and actually do. That self-compassion sort of had trickled into every little part of my life. I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. The profoundness with which I experienced like reality, the magnitude of the beauty was just completely overwhelming. Shirley, thank you so much for coming to the show. It is such an honor to see your beautiful face again. It was just such a delight to have you at the retreat. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why you decided to come to Elusinia? Who am I? That's a complicated question, but maybe I'll talk about why I decided to come to Elusinia. I'm going to turn 60 this coming October, and I've kind of declared this year leading to my birthday is the year of me. And one of the things that I wanted to do during this year of Shirley was to have the experience of mushrooms. And I've been looking for months and months and months, really interviewing different vendors and searching online until I landed on the Eleusinia website and very quickly felt that I've found my spot and had the interview with Jess, which just kind of made it even more concrete that this is where I'd like to go. And I had multiple reasons for coming. Partially, I wanted to see if I can be helped. I have had chronic back pain now for 40 years after an old army injury. I'm originally from Israel. I served in the army as is mandatory for Israelis. I had a surgery on my leg and that resulted in back pain that's been since I was 19. So really 40 years of pain. And I've tried multiple things for that, really from acupuncture to regular medicine to anything and everything. And the pain has been persistent and part of my life. So that was one reason. The other reason was perhaps to extend or enhance my spiritual practice. Spirituality has been a big part of my life without a very specific god or goddess practice, just as a practice of connection. I am a hospice chaplain. I'm trained as a Buddhist hospice chaplain. I completed a two-year two-year program at the Upaya Zen Center. Working with the dying and their families has been a gift for me in my life and an extension of the things that I'm doing for healing humans in my hypnotherapy practice. So really increasing awareness or perhaps the depth of that spiritual practice. It's beautiful that you proclaimed this year, the year of you. That's a beautiful declaration. And I know that you didn't come alone. Yeah, I've been offering my husband of 33 years, Ben, opportunities to travel with me because I do travel a lot. 
for multiple reasons. And as I always do, I said, this is what I'm planning. You're welcome to come with me. And he actually decided to come. I think at first he was thinking of coming as a way to connect us on a deeper level. He didn't really see any need in himself for a transformative experience. He really thinks there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, and I, even like I think two days before the retreat, he was having some doubts about coming, but he doesn't like to travel. He barely leaves the house. He is a very self-contained human being. His few friends in the world have passed away and he's content in his reclusiveness. For him, that's his life experience. So for him to come out into this kind of a situation and engaging with other human beings was a stretch, but yes, he did it. And I think for the most part, truly enjoyed it. Yeah, I gave him a lot of permission to do whatever he deemed necessary for himself. The only expectation I had of him is that if he's going to walk around with an unhappy face to find a corner and do it by himself. <laughs> so he was having second thoughts, but what about you? I was ready to dive in. I was very much looking forward to it. I kind of made a pact with myself not to worry about him. I think that was very important to me, not to be responsible for him, not to worry about him, not to be concerned with how he is with other people or with himself. And I think that freedom was both very beneficial for him as it was for me. Amazing. Amazing. So how were you feeling for the ceremony day? Were you feeling at peace and totally ready? And were you still in your own bubble or were you thinking about Ben at that time? I was concentrating on me and I had uh, perhaps mixed emotions. There was a little bit of apprehension just because it's an experience that's unknown to me, but a lot of looking forward to, a lot of real excitement. Yeah. You know, we met, I think, before the ceremony, the day we arrived, did we meet with Josefina, right? That was already kind of a meaningful exchange. I really enjoyed her energy, and I felt that she had a very good read on me, also on Ben. So that already kind of set the parameters. I think also the beauty, the natural beauty of the place, that always speaks to me. So that was very helpful. And there was something about the welcoming sense that came from all of you that also put me at ease. I felt safe. Wonderful. So what were the first effects when you did ingest the mushrooms for the macro dose day? And where did you go? You know, and I think the instruction was once you start feeling sensations to kind of find your spot. And what I was feeling was a tingling sensation, like my skin was coming alive. That was the physical sensation. So I got up and I found a place in the garden to lie down in the shade. And I was listening to music and I closed my eyes. And at first it was a kaleidoscopic kind of an experience with a very vivid, if I opened my eyes, the experience was exceptionally vivid. And, you know, every, every flower, every blade of grass, everything became very, very accentuated. And then I closed my eyes and I went through a process of rebirthing my children. 
both my children were born via C-section. With Corinne, it was planned. And with my son, it wasn't planned. It was planned as a home birth. It was set up beautifully in my amazing home in Israel. It ended in a C-section. That was a difficult experience. And I wasn't sure at the time why this was happening, the need to have this rebirthing experience. It didn't become clear later. But at that point in time, it was a beautiful experience. It was very calm, very loving, very sensual. And each child was born into a magnificent flower. Really, I, it's hard to explain in words because, you know, I have the vision in my, in my mind's eye, but it's, it's, I think I told you it was like a Georgia O'Keeffe kind of paintings. The flower was, was everything and the children were born into the flower. And once that experience was over, I started not feeling well physically. And, you know, according to the instruction, that was a time to move. If you felt you were getting stuck in a spot that wasn't good. So I don't remember who helped me. I think I motioned to somebody. I don't remember. And I was becoming very nauseous. I wasn't afraid and I wasn't anxious at all, but the physical experience was very uncomfortable. You were there for being part of it. So it moved me to those little swings, hammocks, but everything was moving. The earth was pulsating. The walls were breathing. The cement around the pebbles in the fountain were closing and opening, which in itself wasn't a problem, except I was nauseous. <laughs> and I think... Part of that experience ended up in my room, surrounded with women, by women that came and went, you, you know, you were there, Jess was there, it, there were others there, all women, which is exactly what I needed. I think if one of the men would have come in, I would have had to send them away. And despite feeling really bad physically, I felt I was surrounded by love and care. And that was an incredible feeling. One of the things that Josefina told me is that I overdo for others and don't let enough be done for myself. And perhaps that was somewhere in the back of the mind because I completely let all of you take care of me. And I felt, even as this was happening, that there was incredible medicine for me in just allowing myself to receive the care and I would ask for what I needed or wanted without any hesitation and, and receive it. You know, cover my feet, then cover my whole body, change the cold compress, whatever I needed, I asked and received. And while the world was kind of continuously moving, vibrating and breathing and pulsing and the sensation physically wasn't great, again, I felt exceptionally cared for. And at some point when nothing helped, and I understood that I just need to surrender to whatever it is. I want you to share about the tools that you usually use that would have helped because, you know, you've lived with pain for so long and you tried all the normal tools. Can you explain what those tools were that you had to even let go of and surrender? Right. So, you know, normally I can use my breath as a guide. It really wasn't 
the breath was calm. I wasn't, you know, it, but it didn't do anything. Or I would use a focal point, but you couldn't use a focal point when everything is pulsating and moving. Grounding my feet into the ground didn't work at all because the ground was moving. So really everything that I know, other than the self-talk helps, you know, calming myself down, reminding myself that I'm okay, that whatever is going on is going to be transient, that it will pass. It might take a few more hours to pass, but it will pass. So I wasn't panicking in any way. But the usual stuff that I'm very, very good at was useless at that point. So I said, fine, that's it. There's really nothing else I can do other than to let go and let it, let it ride, right? And that's when I climbed into bed. I was lying on my side in a kind of a fetal position and very quickly everything changed. Very quickly, the experience shifted. I wasn't nauseous at all any longer. Everything still kept pulsing and moving, but the physical discomfort was gone. And I had at first a vision that I'm not sure how it connected to this general story. And I don't think it really matters, but I, I could see myself as a large insect lying in the bed. It was an insect that was made of other insects. I could see the antennas moving of the insects that made that large creature. And it may sound terrible, but it wasn't at all. I was very at peace with being that large insect made out of other insects. And then everything shifted again. And I was traveling through time and space from one medicine women circle to the next all over the world. And every place I visited, I'll tell you about it, but every place I visited, I felt very welcome, wanted, and there was a sense of being ordained in some way into that medicine women circle. And I think the first circle was a Maori women's circle in New Zealand. I was in the space. I saw myself in the space. It felt very real. I was in there with them. They tattooed on my forehead a bolt of lightning and explained to me that I've been marked, marked for good, in a good way, and that I won't be able to see the tattoo, but I will always have that feeling that it's there to remind me that I'm part of that circle. From there, it was an Inuit women, Alaska, Canada. I could see the round faces with the fair hats. It was very cold, but there was a fire burning in the middle of what looked like either an ice structure or a large tent. I'm not sure. They asked me to open my palms, the palms of my hand, to face upwards, and they were dripping sacred oil into my hands, and I could see the oil kind of bubbling in the palms of my hands. It didn't hurt at all. My palms were changing color. It felt very soothing. And that there was, again, the understanding that I'm being ordained, that I'm being given a gift of medicine to take with me. Felt loved, appreciated, included. It was an incredible, incredible feeling in my heart. And the realization was now that I have medicine in my hands, that I can use my hands for healing. 
they gave me a gift, a carving made out of a whale's bone to hang around my neck to take with me again as a reminder that I've been now part of their circle. Then there was a Native American, again, I don't know, in the United States or in Canada, a ceremonial tent, a beautiful circle of women. It's a fire ceremony again. And I'm allowed into their medicine. There's a sacred plant. There's a hallucinogenic something that's taking place there. But the feeling is of kinship, of incredible connectedness and of shared sacredness. I was then transported to Africa, <laughs> a large, large cave, you know, nothing claustrophobic, like a huge cave lit with many, many candles. And on the sides of the caves are carved like what looks like benches, but there are indentations in the wall of the cave. And I'm instructed to go lie down on my back in one of the indentations and just notice. And I can feel that underneath me, throughout that wall, all the way to the ground, and I'm up probably halfway through the cave wall, there are buried medicine women. I sense their bones. I can see them. I can see my own bones through the structure of muscle and skin. And I know that I am just one step in that hierarchy. There are all these women before me that are buried there. I'm taking my own place and there'll be other women coming after me and they'll be also lying to be buried in those beautiful indentations in that burial cave and the wisdom that transcends through generations and generations of healers and medicine women. And I'm part of that, part of that incredible web of healers. I think there was another experience in Mexico, also some medicine in Mexico. I think at that point, I was just so immersed in feeling connected, loved, cared for, which was really enhanced by the presence of you guys. It felt like you being there, Jess, Josefina, everybody that was there in that room because you were coming and going. But I kept kind of opening my eyes to see if somebody was there with me, feeling wonderful that there was someone sitting on the next bed, didn't mean to be touched or anything, just the presence. And then going back into this really tremendous mystical spiritual experience. And then I was kind of back in my body after that. That all took place in your room. And did you move after that or did you continue to stay in there? So I felt at that point where that traveled was over that I needed to be in nature. I needed elements of water, of ground. I felt that I could come back to my body in the sense that it felt, despite things still moving around, my body was solid. I put my bathing suit on. I needed water. I went and dipped myself in the pool and then asked for someone to bring a towel so I could lie in the sun. I needed the ground under me. So I was lying on my back. The sun was on my face, on my body. And I had my foot and my hand in the water because I needed the element of water as well. I had the experience at that time of being truly one with nature. There was something about being surrounded by the beauty of the place, the physical beauty of it. Hearing the birds, seeing the hummingbird hovering, 
the purple flowers on the wall. Everything was so vibrant and so incredible. Then I had a vision of what I can only describe as God. God was a woman, <laughs> had to be <laughs> with all this experience. It was funny, I said, I saw God and God is a woman. Yes, God is a woman. <laughs> it was a presence in the sky above me. And I actually still see her. I can see her as a presence almost constantly. And I never had any godliness type tradition in my life. And that's an incredible experience that's hard to articulate. God as goddess, as mother, and really that is the essence of that experience that I went through from beginning to end was an experience of mothering. Mother Earth, Gaia, mothering my children, giving birth to them the way I would have liked to give birth to them, being mothered myself by the beautiful, caring women at the retreat and in my life, that's the thread. So when I speak to this being that I sense, it, the presence of, I, I call her mother, it's mother with a capital M. It's the mother of all of us, right? It's the mother, it's the absolute mother. And that spiritual kind of connection is new to me. It, it's new, it's peculiar, I'm having fun with it. Speaking to mother, feeling a sense of being, I don't know, protected, cared for, loved. That's amazing. And I remember you saying that later you realized that you had to give birth to your kids that way because it was like it, it built a stronger thread of connection between you and the medicine circle women. They wanted you to do that. Right. It felt like it was part of an initiation. Wow. And with your background of being a hospice chaplain, having your own hypnotherapy business and having all these circles of who you are and these gifts that you can offer, how interesting is it to weave this new strange idea into who you are in this year of you? Yeah, I'm playing with being open, with being curious. I come from a family of atheists with a strong dislike for religion. For multiple historical reasons, it's not important, but that is how I grew up. And of course, religion and, and spirituality are not one and the same. You can have both or you can have just one of those, but it really is a new experience. You know, we're talking about the science of psilocybin. I can almost feel things being rewired <laughs> in my brain. And then speaking of that, you mentioned early on in the podcast about some self-limiting beliefs. How did that lead and lean into those? I think that has to do with childhood, childhood things that also came to light when we were processing information, when I was doing my writing, childhood trauma. I find it very common for people, including me, to kind of minimize the trauma that we go through unless it's something that's very acceptable, like major trauma. But the tendency is kind of to dismiss or minimize experiences that were perceived as traumatic in the child's mind, and it doesn't matter if they were horrific or not, if they were experienced as trauma, then they are. So I think that gave permission for that to be acknowledged 
one of the things that Josefina said to me was about taking care of everybody else. And to the extent that I don't remember myself in the process. And I've been doing a lot of work with this in the last few years. I recognize it. But I think that also was transformed during this retreat because I completely allowed myself to be taken care of. And that was a wonderful experience. I remember you saying that your back pain was gone during that time. Right. I wasn't even aware of it. And usually there's an awareness that's, that's being sent to that area. So I've had two periods of no pain, the big dose and the micro dose, a few hours of real relief. I'm in pain now, but I came to the retreat knowing that there is an option of no pain. I still know it. I know there is an option of no pain and I'll be working with that to bring it into a consistent reality. For your mini dose experience, were you just feeling pretty peaceful? It was nothing like the space and time travel that you had to the medicine women circles. That's right. So the mini dose was very peaceful, but it allowed me a level of wisdom or maybe clarity from the experience I had with the macro dose. So when I came out of the travel through space and time, I wasn't sure what the message was. I remember saying to Ben, so am I supposed to now go to all kind of remote places on this earth and find medicine women circle and study with them? Is this what I'm called to do? I said, I, that wasn't a plan. I'm almost 60. I was planning on having a more relaxed time. <laughs> what is going on? What is the message? But I kind of sat with it and let it be. And then during the microdose, what came to me was not at all. You have been shown that you are a medicine woman. You have been shown that you are already doing the healing in the world that you were destined to do. And that feeling that I'm on purpose. I knew that before, but I now know it viscerally. I knew it in my head that I'm doing good in the world, that I'm doing what I should be doing. But this is a different level of feeling of being on the path. The idea of Dharma, which is a Buddhist construct, I am living my Dharma, doing exactly what needs to be done. And I have it in front of me and I think it's important. I think that was after the microdose and I'm speaking to mother with a capital M and I wrote mother, I feel you all around me. I understand. I hope to fulfill your wishes, yet I know you love me regardless. And that was such a relief, right? I don't really have to do anything and actually find just as I am. If opportunities come my way, I will say yes. <laughs> but for now, I am the medicine and that's okay. And so that leads into this year of you, this year of Shirley in a way that I hear you speaking to ease and a little bit of grace and just not being as hard on yourself. Right. You know, one of the things that I've done already is I've blocked my Saturdays. For years, I've been working Saturdays and, you know, then every other Saturday, no more Saturdays. I provide a service and doing Saturdays was from that perspective to allow for people that work all week, to allow for high school kids that can get to me in time because the sessions are so long for hypnotherapy. It's two hours. You know, not everybody can find that kind of time during the week. I've done that service. It's okay. 
I can let go of my Saturdays and have them for myself, have a little bit more spaciousness. Amazing. Amazing. When I first met your husband, Ben, he said, I am the least spiritual person you'll ever meet in your life. And he was such a delight to have. Was it valuable in the end to have him come along for his own experience? Yes. It was good to have him there, especially because of the way he was there. And I did have hesitation about it, but thankfully, I think with really giving him permission to just be whoever he needed to be and giving myself permission to not be responsible for him, that took all this possible sting out of us being there together. Well done. Well done. It's good advice for couples coming, and it is a very mindful decision to move into the space that way. His integration, he's going back, you know, the minute we hit the airport, he was already back in his usual cranky old man self. So, you know, we're standing at security and he's getting anxious and irritable. He, he said something about, oh, this is ruining the incredible experience I had. I said, no, you are ruining the incredible experience you had. Nobody doing it for you. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm asking you to not, not talk. Just do not. You can have this misery between you and yourself. I am absolutely fine waiting in line for security. <laughs> so taking care of myself as a kind of a conduit to taking care of others in the best possible way, which again, I knew, we all know that, you know, you know it, I know it. Everybody that takes care of people knows it, but the understanding of it now is visceral completely integrated into my body, mind, and spirit. You know, I was talking to my aunt this morning, she's in Israel, and she asked me about the experience and they said, I'll send her the podcast. It will be easier for me than to tell it again and again, right? But what I said to her is the feeling is that I'm part of this incredible web of women all over the world that are doing healing work, that are providing medicine, and that feeling of being part of that tapestry is magical. Wow, amazing, amazing. So you plan on tying this as a new practice into your life? Just have to figure the, you know, the logistics of it. I can already see it affecting my work. I think this mother-goddess connection that I have now helps me have an embodiment understanding of people's faith in a different way. Always had respect and always acceptance. And I meet people wherever they'd like me to meet them in their faith traditions at work or at hospice. But this feeling, this embodiment of it takes it to a different level. Wow. That's incredible. And then what about with the hypnotherapy sessions? So I had a woman here. She had experienced a trauma of not being able to say goodbye properly to a beloved parent. And we created in hypnosis a meeting place for them. In nature, by water. And they're release and the relief and the conversation she had with that beloved parent were so incredible for me to guide it and witness it. I think 
that without my new kind of wired brain, we wouldn't have gone that deep, that fast, and that far. Wow, amazing. So your work is feeling amplified even there. I feel amplified. You said it's a general amplifier. I still feel it. I walk outside the way the trees look, the flowers look. When I look at the palms of my hands, there is still an amplified sense of clarity and vividness. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Shirley, for telling your story. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we didn't go over? No, but maybe I'll read something that I wrote as I came out. Because, you know, when you come out, if you could write or record yourself, I think it's very beneficial. I would highly, highly recommend it. Sometimes writing is too difficult, but just recording it for yourself. So this is what I wrote, and maybe that's a good way to end this podcast. I wrote, I am love. I am medicine. I am of your offsprings, born of streams, sacred trees, the eagle that flies above, the tiny shrew running on the forest floor. I am your child. Thank you so much, Shirley. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find all the information that you need to learn everything about this retreat on EleusiniaRetreat.com. We are a retreat that offers ongoing integration support, breathwork classes, and cultivation support after you have attended this retreat. It's an amazing experience that's one of its kind. If you're looking for a science-based retreat, something out of the box, something to change your life, something to add to your practice, this is where you really need to start, EleusiniaRetreat.com.